Hey everyone, welcome back to Famous Last Words, the OBC podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Andrew. I'm Teresa. I'm Jeremy. Jeremy is a good friend of ours. He's an actor. He acted in uh, Andrew and Teresa's project, Writers. And we're going to talk to him now. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you and I met uh, way back, like a couple years ago, or almost three years ago now. Uh, we were working on Isaiah Spencer's Proposing to Mary and Claire. I think I made you at the table read. Yes, yeah. Do we only do one of those? I guess we... Was it two? Maybe it was two. I remember it was the NBA Finals on because, like, everyone was, like, on their phone, like, halfway through the meeting. Right. Yeah. yeah. Trying to do trying to do the read real fast. And yeah, just, yeah. It's like, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gotta got watch the game. So, you and I, yeah, we worked together on Isaiah's web series. And then, um, what did we work on after that? Was that American Nihilist that we worked on after that? You said, what did you say? American? American Nihilist. Uh, yes, it was. Yep. I think that was the next thing. Um... And then what was the next thing after that? I think Riders. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we're and that's uh, out now. This will show, you know, later on. So yep. that's out now, premiering every Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. So could you tell us a little bit about your journey besides like what I just detailed, like your acting journey? Was it something you were into as a kid, or did you get into it later on? Or got into it later, man. Actually, um, always watched like shows growing up. Love watching shows. Um, it wasn't until I took a class at uh. Uh, LCC, um, intro to intro to theater, I believe it was, where I I kind of found something initially. I was like, damn, I actually like doing this because I went to college and didn't know for sure what I wanted to do. So, flash forward, I uh, took like another class, uh, and then I want to say once I graduated, I then took uh, more in depth training, um, and this was in Lansing actually. From there, uh, since it wasn't a lot of work in Lansing, decided to move back closer down this way. Um, got into more classes and then actually pursued things a little bit, a little bit heavier. So, yeah. What well, What was like the thing that got you into acting? Whether it was like a specific actor, or specific performance, a specific movie. You know, like what was it that was like? Okay, this is like the thing I want to do. When you saw it, uh, I think what it was was the. It, it helps you kind of understand other people in a way. Um, and it was, I think, watch, just watching a lot of stuff and and becoming just more interested in how things worked in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what sparked it. And from then, when I kept doing it more and more, people <laughs> then began asking, um, or people began saying, oh, you, you're kind of good. And once you hear that a little bit, that's when you start to start to try and do it more. So, yeah. Hope she's okay. Poor Teresa. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then there were three. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how I got into it. Cool. Yeah. Um. So when, so when you moved back to Detroit, um, where did you start looking? Were those like people through your acting class that you were getting your like roles from, or was it uh, the internet like Craigslist or um, Facebook? Where, where are you getting your, like, roles from initially? Yeah, pro- I mean, primarily through people I knew, in a way, because um, starting with, uh, when I first moved back down this way, starting with Isaiah's proposing to me and Claire, where I met you, um, like, I met, that's how I met you, and then that turned into um, writers, and that turned into American Nihilist, I can never say this word. Nihilist. Um, and it turned into that, um, and then also Facebook was huge as well. Yeah. Facebook was really huge. There's a group on Facebook, so... So you moved down here, you, you did Isaiah's web series. Did you find, like, plug, you were instantly kind of plugged into a network from the classes and Isaiah kind of... How did Isaiah find you? 
man, how did Isaiah find me? So, wow. So that's actually what happened. So I met Isaiah through a, um, being on set with Chris's uh, conundrum film. Okay. Um, so that's how I met Isaiah. And I think uh, after we wrapped with Conundrum, I want to say a few weeks later, that's when Isaiah posted on Facebook saying that, hey, he was looking for people and such and such. So then shot him an email real quick. Hey, I'm available. <laughs> yeah. And went from there. So one thing I've always I've always marveled at or one thing that you, that I think that you underestimate about yourself. And one thing that uh, we all agree on is that you have like amazing because you're a funny guy to be around, but you're not like the comedian in the room, you know, like you're subtly funny, but when your comedic timing and everything that we've done, that's funny based, whether that's Isaiah's thing or, um, writers, your comedic timing is always just like, so, so instinctual and just so spot on. Yeah. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. I, I try. <laughs> Especially, uh, I, I think one standup scene from, uh, proposing to Marin Claire is a scene on the roof with you and June. Mm-hmm. That was like mostly improvised. I thought that was really great. Yeah, that was damn. Might have been the best scene in the. Yeah, that's like yeah, one of my yeah. favorite. The whole thing. Yeah, a, lot, the whole thing. Yeah, a lot of my friends were like, "That was the scene." Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, and for it to be improv too was 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 even better. So, thank you, man. There's Appreciate a, that. There's actually a really another really great scene in Riders um, between you and Dante that was partially improv and that we ended up using in the cut because it was just so good. Jeremy, and, I had a question for you and I, I'll, I'll try to like navigate these waters as tactfully as possible, but uh, since uh, people might be listening to this, you are an African-American man and do you run into the thing that you often get typecasted that like it's that sometimes you run into the problem that you get cast as like thug number three or have you been pretty fortunate to like avoid that? I think I've been a little bit fortunate to avoid that. Um, yeah, not just yet have I ran into anything where I've been just strictly thug. I think <clears throat> that's primarily because of, I think, my demeanor. I don't think I come off as uh, too thuggish in a way. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I hope eventually as I get further on into my career that I'm able to play literally everything, and that's what I want to do. So, um, But, yeah, luckily I haven't, haven't ran into that yet. Because that's something that me and Isaiah were talking about is, like, Isaiah – is often like sees parts being that he wants to get, and he's saying that like sometimes he runs into that problem that like they don't con- even consider. I mean, I think it's opening up big time. Yeah, and I think that you've actually been pretty fortunate from the people I know that have worked with you. They've all like asked for your like to quote Liam Neeson, your specific set of skills. Like oh. you know, I think that people cast you because they're casting you, not just to fill the the role. Yeah. So, because uh, I think you have a pretty good reputation in our community. So. Damn, that that feels really good to hear, man. Damn, appreciate it. So, like, what are you working on right now? Uh, uh, I actually just got uh, casted for a role, uh, Silent Killer. Actually, um, I think we're gonna be shooting that within a, a couple of weeks, a few weeks actually. Um, that's the the next project. Is that a short or a feature or? Yep, a short. A short. Cool. Yep, short film. I think it's gonna be around like maybe ten minutes or something like that. About it, probably about ten minutes. Nice. Yep. Uh, nice role. Is it a, is it like a, a lead or a supporting role or? Uh, support. It's kind of like a feature, kind of like featured in it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 gonna be a heavy one in a way, like a heavy kind of heavy short film in a way. Um, but I, I think it'll be good because it. Uh, I don't want to give away too much. Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. But it's. I think it's. It's gonna be really good. And so, who's that directed by, or who's that? Who's the driving force behind that? Uh, driving force. Uh, 
Uh, Vega Entertainment is a driving force behind that. Um, Laura Johns, and I just met her the other day or a few couple days ago, so I hope I'm uh, saying that. cameraman Jake is giving me the, the nod and the okay. Okay. You, you mentioned the company behind that. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Um, so, yeah, they're behind it. Um, Laura Johns is going to be directing it. Um, Melissa Salmon is going to be uh, starring in it. Oh, yeah, I've worked with her before. You have? I, uh, well... Very lightly, I was on set with her. She she was in a role that I was uh, like second camera on, uh, working with Don Clank. Clank. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. With, uh, with Nicole Higgins. Nice, nice. So yeah, small world. Definitely is a small world. <laughs> um, so that's a short, right? And so do you have a very set of like things you had to prepare to get your role going? Um, do you want what do you want to take us through the process of how you prepare to do like a character, whether it be a character that I write for you or a character that uh, someone else writes for you? Like, what's the process you kind of go through? Damn, that is a really good question, sir. That's a really good question. I know. Uh, well, first and foremost, um, I don't read the script. The script reads me. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. You almost got spit tank. Just kidding, man. Uh, Tropic Thunder, good movie. Um. Uh, Primarily at first, it's just once you read through the script a couple times, um, also look to perceive or look to find how the other characters view my character in a way. Um, I think once you, what else do I do? I think once you start to digest, um, once you learn the lines, then you can kind of go in a little bit more and doing a little bit more homework. Um, I try to create a backstory as well um, with my character, like kind of what's happened before the story is taking place. Um, what else do I do? Um, and I think really uh, your imagination is, is really huge. Um, and then if you know a director views or wants to see something different, keep it open so you can tailor tailor your performance to what they want. Because I might have something in my head the way I want it to be in the you know, somebody wants something different. So, yeah, that'd be about it. Have I ever given you one of, uh, like, my ridiculous, like, eight-page backstory things for any of the characters that you've done with me? No, you haven't. No. And <laughs> you, I, you're, I, you're fortunate, then. <laughs> I, and I've heard those have been very lengthy <laughs> of you to do. <laughs> yeah, I usually, I, I usually go back like Very a set of grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. gonna need one for you know, <clears throat> for the character you've played for a season. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm Family one trees and diet charts and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, they, what they've been eating. Yeah. Right. Our favorite book in high school. All right. Um, Do you have a favorite genre or a favorite kind of character that you like playing or you tend to gravitate towards? Uh I think I try to, to to gravitate towards like the cool guy, like the 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 suave cool, just because I have a lot of fun and it's very easy for me to naturally try to play that role. Oh, um, you are so suave and cool. So like, the thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> the exact opposite of what we wrote for you for writing. The exact opposite of what y'all wrote. Which we like totally wrote for you too. Like we kind of had you in mind while we were writing the script because you had said. Like, we had kind of told you loosely the idea way back when, and you were like, yeah, I'm in, and we were like, okay, we're writing this for Jeremy. Right, yeah. And so it's funny that we wrote this, like, opposite character than right. that you like playing. Right, Um, I I like a lot of things, too, and that's the thing. I Like, I want to be very versatile and not just stick to just 
Oh, he's playing just the coolest wild guy. I do want to switch it up and eventually play uh, a guy that's maybe depressed and going through things. So it was very uh, challenging in a way playing Preston for for writers, and it was it was different because you tap into just a lot of different things when playing a role. So yeah, mm -hmm. but man, drama. I like dramas. I like comedies. I like everything. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Least favorite is probably. Mm. No, I can't say. I don't have a least favorite. Yeah. 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 I think one thing that uh one thing that everyone in this room, including Jake who's behind the camera. What's up, Jake? Um one thing that everyone in this room that is particularly I think important that you always hear about is people who form a like it's you and I have the same relationship whether we're on set or whether we're hanging out or whatever's going on. And I think that's really, really important to having this like sh like Sure, I say shorthand, but I, I think what I actually mean is like this relationship that you and I just like get each other as people. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important whenever you're making something because we've all been there, right. been on set with people who are just like not on your wavelength. They're not like have a similar life yeah. uh, way of looking at life. So it's and uh, I think that's one reason why we've always worked so well together. Is like you and I kind of like can yeah. either kick it or like work together, and it's like the same thing. Yeah, be able to you know do podcasts, you know, with with, with Stella's in hand. Yeah. Well, we give like you that. beer, yeah. Famous last word, sponsored by Stellar. <laughs> <laughs> right. we'll, we'll invoice them. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, that's a good point, though. Like, that's the thing that I love about filmmaking is that it's like uh, it's a community thing, and you, you can't do it alone, and you need you need help. And you, I mean, when you find people who vibe with you and who are on the same wavelength, like you were saying, like it's it's just awesome because it makes it so much easier and and fun to do. Which right. That's why we're all doing it. I mean, that's something that you and I both noticed about each other. When we, when you and I met each other, we found, uh, we didn't know each other, but I was doing, I was DPing for you, and I was like, uh, we had a certain, like, shorthand of, like, cult common references and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, even before that, when we were, like, Skyping, and I was like, oh, yeah, this scene will be, like, we'll, like, Malik it, and this scene will be, like, a David Lynch scene, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, you, you totally knew what I was talking about. So, like, this is going to work out great. Yeah. Yeah. This is vibing. Yeah. This is vibing. Yeah, and I think that's like some of the reason why we use the same actors in some of our shorts and things that we make is because like we vibe really well with them and we work too well together and right, yeah. we're all in this for like the fun of it doing it. We're not in it for like the paycheck. Right, <laughs> definitely. So it's like you have to because there is that. <laughs> Chris is in it for a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So yeah, well, you've got to be working with people who you work well with and who are good, and and you get the best performances out of each other, whether you're in front of the camera or behind the camera when you're like working well as a team. Right. And when definitely. You're comfortable with each other too. Yeah, yeah, that too. And that's why we've all worked on so much stuff. Like as I'm uh, doing a uh, more more films and more work, I'm starting to get to a point where I'm being a little slightly more selective in what I do, and I think that'd be uh, I think that's very huge for people trying to get into acting and do a little bit more work once you get somewhere because uh you can do something and never see it you know of course yeah. so yeah i think that that's a thing that a great tip for any up-and-coming actors i think that when you're early on in the game it's really everyone's always really hungry to like round out that uh the IMDb page, try to get as many credits onto IMDb as possible, as quickly as possible. Right. And they'll take just whatever role comes their way. And I think that's important to take a lot of roles to get like a lot of practice. Right. However, it's, 
a lot of the people that really put the most weight on putting stuff on IMDb are usually, or in my experience, have never been the most like artistically satisfying or emotionally satisfying. Mm -hmm. That it's about doing the projects that make you like resonate with you and you feel like you can get behind, uh, like the support. Message. Yeah, yep. support them. Definitely. Um, a tad tip too. <clears throat> I forgot where I saw this at though, but um, I found something like if you're doing. So you're doing a lot of work and you get a lot of IDM, IDMB credits. Um, I guess it's, I don't know if this is true, but like I hear it's probably best when you're starting out and haven't had that big break to have not as many um, on there because people who look at that would be like, well, they've been in so much stuff. Why haven't they, you know, gotten further and, you know, did more. So. I can see that. Well, everybody loves like the... The breakout genius story narrative, you know, that's usually not the case. I mean, most people have been working for a long time before that happens. You just don't know it. Right. None of their stuff's out there. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, well, there's all, you know, there's always the movies that come out, um, like either like straight to Walmart or like they come out on some like weird, uh, production company that gets hold of the rights to a film. That's like, oh, here's a movie with I'm gonna. Scarlett Johansson before she really blew up and it comes out like after the Avengers so that then people will go see it because now she's like a name brand or you know yeah that, that movie that we watch actually probably did have a pretty big budget but it was definitely branded as like a Scarlett Johansson movie after she'd blown up mm -hmm. that's true um so we we end these by playing well playing a game well we, we end them in two ways we don't know how to end them famous last words um, so the way this works is it's um we take a movie, a movie description of a movie, a bad movie description, you try to guess the movie. So this is the example I told you before we started rolling, but for those listening, the example would be Talking Frog convinces father, no, Talking Frog convinces son to kill his father. I like to call these accurate yet misleading movie to descriptions. Yeah. It sounds like something I'm not going to be able to guess. Which, in that, in that movie was Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. So, so we, we compete, compete because okay. because we're millennials. So you you three will compete, and the, they each have a category to help narrow it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And this category is movies that came out in the nineties. Okay. Okay. Any genre of movie that came out in the nineties. All right. Ted's. This is the first one. Ted's excellent internet adventure, nineteen ninety nine. Ted's Excellent Internet Adventure, 1999. I have no idea. The Matrix? Yes. What? Really? What? <laughs> wow, that was a shot in the dark. All right, cool. I didn't answer that one because I actually knew that one because oh, you yeah. said it earlier. So, so sometimes, sometimes characters who appear in other movies, so Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Ted is Keanu Reeves, so I'll interchange characters that are in other things into other movies. Tourists discover that some rocks are better left Unturned and unreanimated, 1993. Tourists discover that some rocks are better left unturned and unreanimated. Indiana Jones? Wrong. Jurassic Park. That's right. Really? Yes. I mean, when you, you said Taurus, that's what it was. I said Taurus. What movie was big in the 90s? Taurus <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Schizophrenic Best Buds Wrestle and Make Soap, soap 1997. Fight Club. Dang. Call it a tie, Chris. 
Gets, gets one, and Teresa gets one. one. Okay. Two, Two to one to one. one. <laughs> Community lends creepy loner hairdresser a hand. Community lends creepy loner hairdresser a hand. Edward Scissorhands. Ah. That's correct. <laughs> hey, it's that two to two to one. Will Smith predicts and executes Donald Trump's preferred method of welcome welcoming illegal aliens in 1996. <laughs> welcome to Earth. Excuse my language. Three to two to one. So Teresa, if you get this, you get we move to the tiebreaker. You're, you're out of contention. You can tie for second place. Okay. Peter Pan. Reminds Jason Bourne, it's not his fault, 1997. Peter Pan reminds Jason Bourne, it's not his fault, 1997. Goodwill Hunting. That's correct. What? Dang, she. Come on. Man. And Hook. Hook was like my, my favorite movie as a kid. I or one of my favorite movies. So it's two to two to one. Jeremy's been eliminated. I'm gonna just watch this. Okay, now we now we had to come up with I had to come from my memory, from my mind hole, from my mind hole, a a worthy question for you two to Okay, I got one. Sweaty Pug hoodwinks debutante into posing nude. Nineteen ninety seven. Sweaty punks, sweaty punk hoodwinks, debutante into posing nude. American Beauty? Wrong. Showgirls. Wrong. It's not even playing. No, no. Sweaty punk hoodwinks. Do you want to come Oh, Titanic. Yes. Was that a really 90s? That's like the most 90s. It's like posing nude. Like well, well, Teresa, Teresa wins. wins. Dang. Okay. Did you think you won last time, Jamie? <laughs> no, I, think, I thought Tim won last time. Oh, Tim did win last time. Yeah. Yeah. So, we gotta do 2000 movies next time. Yeah, next time. Next time you come on. <laughs> season 2 of Writers. Right. You're contractually, you just agreed to do it. Okay. We're all here. Um, <laughs> so, the real way we end these is by us all recommending a movie we've recently seen or something we've been watching. On something we're interested in, so a movie we've seen in theaters and then Netflix, uh, even a YouTube channel. So, Chris, do you have something in mind? I do, yeah. Speaking of the 90s, uh, I recently rewatched Being John Malkovich, and I've been kind of like going through Spike Jones's filmography and career. And uh, Being John Malkovich is, is great, it's, it's like it's it's such a unique film, but like looking at his filmography as a whole, he's such like an anomaly of a director. Because, like, I don't know about you, I think you might feel the same way, but I consider him, like, one of the great American directors. Sure. And he's also the guy who created Jackass. Yeah. You know, so it's, like, it's such a weird... Wait, he's made something besides Jackass? Jackass is so creative in its own right. For sure. Like, it was groundbreaking. Yeah. But it's just funny that, like, the same guy who, like, made her and adaptation, and all these Oscar-nominated films, also, like, shit in a public toilet on TV. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, such a weird... And he, like, started off making skate videos, and, like, he's a skateboarder, and, like, 
he does all these crazy commercials. He's all the Vice stuff, too. And he, he started the Vice channel. I don't know. I, I, uh, I admire him a lot. And uh, he seems to just be able to do whatever the fuck he wants. And I think that's like... That's good. Oh, we know it's for right? Sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah every, he's, he's got, got like a perfect, perfect track record, especially, especially that, that short film that you showed me. I'm here. Yeah, that's that's one of the robots, right? Yeah, and Andrew Garfield. Yeah, his name Have you seen that? Yeah. Oh, you watch it? It's great. Did you show that to me? Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's a. It's also amazing. The Stephen Colbert intro that they made, like, just so much good stuff. But uh, yeah. I'll, I'll show it to you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and we, and we will put it on our... What to watch. There's, There's a cool behind-the-scenes uh, making of video for that short, too. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Where he's just like, you know, absolute game, X amount of money. Like, what the hell am I doing with it? Like, <laughs> take a look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we also made the recently the uh, HomePod yeah. commercial, which is also really, really great. Awesome. Yeah. The behind-the-scenes ad is amazing. I saw it, I saw it, yeah. Jeremy? Um, two, two things came to mind actually. Uh, one that I finished was Luke Cage season two mm-hmm. uh, on Netflix. Um, I think they did a <clears throat> the first season was good, but I feel like the second season, like, it added to it and it was a little bit more action. I feel like, um, so Luke Cage was good, was good. His theme music, it just sticks in my head every single time. <laughs> I probably butchered it, but. Guys, when they do that, I just be like, man, that's. I'm gonna be like Luke Cage. Um, and then uh, something I'm recently watching now, uh, Dear White People. Yeah, you watched yeah. it, Teresa. I saw season one, and I'm halfway through season two. It's really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like the way they shoot it is like really good, and just the the topics and just the. That's just spot on. It's really good. I'm mad that you mentioned it since I'm Sorry. No, we have two. Yeah. Right. It's, it's actually the first double endorsement. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then the humor in it is just spot on with it as well, too. It's good. It has such a unique style. And and referencing other styles, too. Like, it's really good. Um, so I'd like to recommend um, this movie that is completely old news. Uh, in the movie is Black Narcissus. Uh, I never... Seen, seen it? it. It's by uh, Powell and Pressenberg. Pressburger. 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 It's too. I see. I completely discount that that England has struggled to make like really great movies uh, throughout history, just because of economic reasons. For whatever reason, the copy, uh, the censorship is maybe a little bit stronger there. They just never have had really great directors, especially pre like 1970. I know there's probably gonna be like lots of hate. This is not a hate comment at all. But these two dudes. Made some, some of the greatest, greatest movies. movies. Uh, they made, made this movie Red Shoes, which I've only seen part of, which I thought was great. But then I bought bought Black Narcissus, and it's so wild. It's like 1947. It's just so good. It's like one of the first uses of Technicolor, and it's like the most beautiful movie ever shot. And it's, I know it's like a film class classic, but if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's um this story. Bear with me. Story about nuns in the Himalayas, and it has to do with they're living in this what used to be an old brothel. And, and they're, they're dealing, dealing with, with like, like like this like supernatural desire, and uh, again shot beautifully on Technicolor, glorious glorious Technicolor, and this is an amazing movie and it stands the test of time, and then some. Oh Lisa's Lisa's empty. Okay. Hello, Jake. Hello. Thank you.
from behind the camera to in front, shining star of OBC. Breaking the fourth wall. Breaking the fifth wall. Kick this Right. Um... Um, last week, I actually went to the Maple and saw American Animals, which is based on a true story. It has Evan Peters, um, obviously from American Horror Story, Barry Keenigan, I think is how you say it, who is in Killing of a Sacred Deer. American Animals is about four college students, and this actually happened, four college students who stole rare books from uh, their one of their universities, and tasered a librarian and <laughs> made off with it and then eventually obviously got captured and it's just it's a mixture between a recreation of all the events that happened and the actual people who were involved in the robbery talking about what happened and how they feel now like 20 years later after it happened all living uh lives after prison and all that so it's a mixture between the recreation and a documentary almost and it's very beautifully woven together and it's definitely uh, one of the first movies in a long time to make me actually like get on the edge of my seat and be like what's going to happen next because it was wild all right make your recommendation Teresa, quick i'm gonna be like that kid who like couldn't come and come up with an answer until they heard someone else's answer and then they're like, oh yeah. You're going to say American Animals. <laughs> no, but I'm going to say Nocturnal Animals, which is a really good movie that came out maybe like a year or two ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. And it has, it's a really great story. It just has this like super dark mood. It's shot amazingly well. Who's the director again? Tom Ford. Tom, yeah. So I was yawning. I was making fun of Tom Ford. Tom Ford. Who's a fashion designer, so of course his films are amazingly beautiful and like composed. And yeah, Jake's like, oh. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I think is also amazing. But Nocturnal Animals is just like creepy and it feels, it's not a horror movie at all, but it feels like it has an horror element and suspenseful and the soundtrack is adds to that mood and it's just like it's a great movie